The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, TV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about a hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show that's right into the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. One on the left side of the page is Bradley's show from yesterday, so if you missed that and you'd like to catch that, you can do so up until 3 o'clock this afternoon, at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. Uh, on the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got. Look for Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that and join us in the chat on Rumble. Gosh, a lot of you guys in there this morning. Great, great to see you, uh, you guys. Good morning. And while you're over there, please subscribe to the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. And then finally, we're over on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there. And appreciate those guys giving us a spot where they are at. On SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, right up on where we're streaming live on the underside top right corner, you sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, you get that once a day in your inbox, late afternoon, early evening. All the articles we have at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, including the morning show archive. So all the stuff we're going to talk about and everything, you can uh, pick that up there. Um, another final note, again, our store is available. You can get to there uh, by going to the link at the top of the page, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com or TheSonsOfLiberty.Squarespace.com thesonsofliberty.squarespace.com and you can get Bradley's book and things and done uh, especially the Soldier of the Cross that we're still promoting and the bundle is there starting at $34 so be sure and check that out finally before we get to everything that we're getting to and this is why I like getting it out of the way the first part of the show just get it out of the way and this way it's not coming up all the time Bradley and I are going to well Bradley's going to be in Michigan next week the whole week I think uh, he's going to be in St. Louis Park, Minnesota, tonight at Park Harbor Church. And then, uh, let's see, Sunday, beginning Sunday, he's going to be in Michigan for four dates. And the last two, the 7th and the 8th of December, um, I'll be joining him up there in Caledonia. Never heard of Caledonia, 
and Marshall, Michigan. Never heard of that either. So um, we're going to be there on those two dates. You can find them by clicking the Bradley schedule link at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of you guys out there, getting some message from you, you guys out there, and uh, appreciate that very much. And um, yeah, very, very thankful for our friend Gene up there who's helping make that possible. And um, of course, Bethany and and her husband and some other people are, are helping in that department as well and setting all that stuff up. So thank you guys for, for helping us be able to come out there. All right. Um, a couple of things. I... These two stories, the, the stories that I'm, I, I wanted to highlight today, it's, it's just, you feel like you're in a circus sometimes, don't you? With some of the news and some of the government stuff that goes on. Um, you know, we, we had this guy the other day. He's a NEVA medical officer. Um talking about what the shots were doing. Now, we've had people from the military come on, refuse to take the Convid shot. Okay, They're still alive and breathing today because of that, I would say. Um, you know, one guy just started a whole new life. I mean, he took it as a very positive thing. He did what was right. Uh, he gave the gospel in his responses to his accusers. And... Uh, they still let him go. I think he was in the guard. I think he was in the guard. But they let him go, or the reserve. They, they let him go. And he's just been moving on with his life. And he says, God's blessing at every turn. Pretty much lost everything. I mean, except his family there. And um, God's turned him in that direction. We, we saw another young lady who was serving in Japan. In the Marines, and she had overcame that. I got an update from her sometime back. I think I shared it with you guys when I got it. She overcame uh, their, her court martial. Go figure. And we got this guy, and he's telling us, continued on years down the road, what these shots are doing in the military. Listen to this. So, in July, uh, Undersecretary Cisneros acknowledged the DMET data, the database working properly, and also acknowledged things such as myocarditis rising 151%. So what I did, I went in today, um, I'm doing the same thing, five-year average, however, I'm comparing it to 2022, and I only am using fixed-wing pilots and helicopter pilots, active duty. So we get hypertensive disease, 36%, ischemic heart disease, 69%, Pulmonary heart disease, 62%. Heart failure, 973%. Other forms of heart disease, 63%. Cardiomyopathy, 152%. So I, I mean, you. sorry about that. I, I paused that there. You, you can't even make this up. Myocarditis is up 151%. Ischemic, is, is that what he said? Heart disease up 69%. Pulmonary heart disease up 62%. And heart failure up almost 1,000%. This is what happens. See, I'm going to tell you. This is exactly what happens when you let government determine what is good for your health and what isn't. There's no business in that. 
They're to punish evildoers. That's their only job. And even when you look to the Constitution, we stuck a whole bunch of stuff in there that isn't part of how government's supposed to function. Government's supposed to be there for, for justice, to bring justice, which is a mercy to the innocent, right, of the people. You start bringing justice on the guilty, and you start doing it publicly, and you start doing it swiftly, and then people learn, don't do what those people did, or that's going to be your end. And the Bible tells us that, doesn't it? It tells us when you deal with it that way, you put the evil away from you. And you teach the people to fear the Lord. The one who gave the law. Is that what's happening? I mean, I got to tell you, I, I keep hearing some, still some of these people, and some of them pop in our Telegram group at times, Continue to say, just trust the plan. Trust the plan. See, it's coming together. Trust the plan. They don't even know what the plan is, but military's in control. Trump is still president. He's still in control. Okay. I, I, what, do you, what do you say to that when they continue to come along and you continue to see them building up to another attack on the people? What, what, what do you say to that? Well, among other things, now that's just in the military. The, the government should have had nothing to do with any of that stuff. But, but listen, this is one thing I'm, I'm so thankful to my, my dad. Because when I, was, when I was 17, I went to the Navy recruiters. I, I went around to each of these branches of government, military things that were in North Carolina. And I talked to them about joining. I thought, well, this would be kind of cool. You know, achieve something. I don't know. I, I, and I picked the Navy because I was thinking, I want to, be a, want to be a pilot. A lot of the best pilots that I had known at the time, I'd looked up were from the Navy. And so that's what I wanted to do. I went out to Miramar, talked with some guys out there in California when I graduated. Talked with some guys in Florida, had talked with the guys at the recruiting office. And my dad got wind of it, and he says, you're not doing that. And I didn't understand why. And he goes, because I know what they'll do to you there. And you're not going to do that while you live under my roof. That was my dad. And at the time, I didn't get it. I was a little, I was, I was pretty upset about it, but I didn't get it. Now I do. They use a lot of those who join the military. You're not, you become nothing more than a lab rat. You give up pretty much all of your rights. I mean, it shouldn't be that way, but that's what you do. And they give you so many shots. It's a wonder every one of them doesn't fall over dead the moment they get them. And they forced this convict shot on quite a bit of our military. And we're right in the midst of that time frame that we talked about about three years out where we're going to see a major effect from this. And I think we're already seeing it. Every day I'm, I'm waking up again and I'm seeing it in the news. 
young people all of a sudden dying. Not having any kind of other problems, this, that, and the other. They're dying. And we're seeing that. And I'm going to hit this one. This one doesn't have anything to do with the, with the, with the shots. But there is a question of whether or not electromagnetic frequency was involved earlier this year in the death of about a dozen horses here at the Kentucky Derby. And I'm going to relate. You may think, well, what does this have to do with the Bible or the Constitution? I'm going to tell you, just be patient, okay? But I got this from uh, Dr. Tenpenny yesterday, and there was a lady who uh, contributes to her the Tenpenny Report. And, um, of course, we've covered EMS before. We've had Corey Hillis from my friend down here down the road in um, Charleston. And Kate and I have talked about it on several occasions on Saturday. In fact, we had Kate and Corey on, on a show on Saturday. And uh, we've talked about EMFs quite a bit. The effects they have on our body, reproduction, children especially, babies in the womb, um, plant life, wildlife, all of that. And now, some are suspecting that EMFs are playing a factor in the death of these horses. This is from the Tenpenny Report. This summer, we wrote the dark side of the Kentucky Derby about the 12 horses that had mysteriously died at the famous Churchill Downs racetrack. This was an unusually high number of deaths, and we wrote about it from the vaccine perspective and many vaccines horses receive. We received lots of positive feedback on the article, and some readers let us know uh, about another possible culprit in the horse's deaths, EMF radiation. By the way, uh, Corey has put these out for people with their animals, too. It wasn't just for uh, humans. He was doing it with, um, with animals as well. Uh, and for those of you who are, who are interested, you can just simply go to EMFs, or excuse me, fixemfs.com. It's got an S in there, fixemfs.com. All right, so we, we've talked about that before. He's done this with, with animals, people who have chickens and cows and all kinds of stuff. Uh, he's used his products and putting it out there um, to, to protect the animals as well. As none of us are equine aficionados, we were fascinated to learn this and promised readers a part two to the article. So here it is. And here's what she said. More and more evidence has been published since nearly 200 independent scientists from 39 countries warned the public about human harmful EMF in 2015. EMF exposure research in humans is still new, and EMF exposure studies in equines are nearly non-existent. According to Equine Wellness Magazine, horses are particularly sensitive to all forms of electricity, including EMF, thus... That's why they only have the one wire that you need to run around the horse pen with, that runs the elect electricity through it. The invisible electric and magnetic field around electronic devices like microwaves, Wi-Fi routers, and more. Um, it's thought to affect equine behavior. Makes the horse nervous or aggressive. Do you not think that has something, to, some kind of effect upon us as people? If it's doing this to a horse, you got to know that it's doing it to other people. And I think this is the scenario they're setting up for us. 
And I'm not saying this to cause fear, because uh, we don't believe in doing that here. Okay, just just to say, I see their predictive programming stuff that they do. Um, somebody mentioned a film. I'm I'm not going to recommend it to you, but just so you know, it's called Cell. I think somebody in chat recommended it. I watched it, or I let it play. I I kind of kind of watched it, but I heard what was going on. The whole idea was to send a cell signal, and all of a sudden it would just make people go crazy on each other. I can see I can see them doing that. I can see them really doing that. And if they're using if they are using this stuff to target individuals to go and shoot up schools or things like that, what can they do to the population at large if they crank this stuff up? Yeah. This is a uh, part of what we're talking about when we're talking about not just the this issue of the Kentucky Derby here and how it affects these horses, but how this stuff is affecting us. If you guys remember, we had Mark Steele on years ago. Uh, Kate brought him, you know, had me set up to have him on, and he explained all this stuff, and he explained, and he hasn't relented from what he said. This, this 5G, the technology is... It's a weapon system that's been put out. I'm still waiting. By the way, if somebody wants to call in and you can let me know, okay, because I'm sure there's somebody listening in an area where you get 5G, you got a 5G phone, and you're paying for 5G service and all that other. I, I, I have a serious question. 803-619-9855. 803-619-9855. Do you get faster service on 5G? Because I've been in areas with 5G, and I, I don't get any faster service. I'm just curious. So if, if somebody wants to call in, um, I'd, I'd love to hear from you whether or not it's faster because I've seen videos where these alleged cell phone repairmen are showing where there's not even a the 5G chip and stuff that's supposed to be in there and the stuff where they're at. Back to our story. But I'd like to hear from you if that's the case because I'd, I'd like to know it for myself. In any case... Back to this article. This year's Churchill Downs was different than any other year because this year, horses were fitted with a device never before worn or used in races. It's called StrideSafe, a device that monitors the horse's movements during the race. Is it not apparent? <laughs> You're going to monitor the horse's uh, movements is it not apparent on the track what the horses move? I, I don't. I don't understand. It records data 2,400 times per second, meaning that it also sends out 2,400 pulses of EMF every second. The device is the size of a cell phone and fits into the cloth under the saddle. Well, that's nice. You know, stick it right up against the horse. I guess that's what you got to do if you're going to monitor the movements, huh? According to Arthur. Furstenberg's substack, the horses began wearing the devices during spring workouts and then at the first spring meet on April 29 of this year. The StrideSafe device communicates with other devices as well. We all heard of pet microchips, but horses are microchipped too, with the implant designed to last the entire lifespan of the horse. StrideSafe communicates with the microchip, which is implanted in the horse's neck. Oh, that's really good. 
Who else thinks that sticking stuff into your body is a good idea? It's not good for horses. It ain't good for people. It's not. The StrideSafe device also communicates with global positioning system satellites. Furstenberg also notes that the four aluminum horseshoes effectively become antennas, which conduct, yeah, and uh, right there to the ground, too, which conduct the frequencies of the StrideSafe device and the microchip. That means each horse has six antennas, and with 14 horses in a typical race, this translates to eight antennas in close proximity to every animal. And resulted in 12 of the horses dying. Well, well, how is government responsible for this town? Well, let me ask you a question. Because I listened the other day to a short little talk from uh, David Schmidt from LifeWave. One of the things he was talking about his inventions were to be in harmony with the creation or with nature. In other words, if you create something to do something, it shouldn't pollute the very environment that it's working in. Okay, it shouldn't, it shouldn't do that. And so that's where a lot of his technology comes from. It's not meant to harm, it's meant to help. That, that's, where, that's where it goes. It's not a black and white thing. It's an all-white thing. It's a, very, it's a very clean thing. If we have devices spilling off these EMFs, then we have to come back in. Now, I think Corey has the right idea. Let's fix those devices so whatever's happening there can be fixed. However, there's a part of me that's starting to think like what David is talking about and saying, is there another way for us to, to build, quote-unquote, let's just call it a communication tool or a communication device. Is there another way to build it in which we're not harming ourselves? And the reason I put that out there is we did give authority to the federal government to regulate trade between the states, didn't we, to make it regular. Well, they're doing it with people who are creating either foods or drinks or devices that are harming the public. Shouldn't they be those who protect? Isn't that, I mean, by that making regular that trade and things? You know, again, we learn things individually. God has a precept that he sets upon another precept. So individually we learn to self-govern, right? Then we learn in a family how to govern that. And then we learn in the church how it is to be governed. And then if we look into civil government, we're going to look how that's supposed to be governed. But it starts with the individual. And Scripture has a lot that it teaches us at that level that should apply to this and what we're going to see with the CDC here, which I'm going to get to in just a moment. Galatians chapter 6, and it comes in a context, but I just, you know, he he talks about, let me just read it, the context. Chapter 6, verse 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. 
So we also we were to be reminded of who we were before Christ um, changed us, and we're to deal with other people when they fall into sin. We're to deal with them in a way that God dealt with us. And then he says this, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Hmm. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. This is why government welfare, this is just one of many passages we go to to say government welfare is completely unbiblical. It's actually sinful. We're to be those who care for one another. We're to carry each other's burdens. And here he specifically says spiritual. What about in government? If you're learning this as a spiritual state, we also could go over to, I don't know, passages like James chapter 2. And what do we read there? What did it profit, my brethren? This is James chapter 2, verse 14 and following. Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. And then he goes on and he says, Yeah, a man may say, Thou hast faith. See, he says it with his mouth, And I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. And I will show thee my faith by my works. Hmm. The point is, is that we're, we learn as individuals that we are the ones who are entrusted to love, not, govern, not government. And we don't love by just saying. The verse of, of the ministry of the Sons of Liberty is what? John 3.18. Deeds, not words. Words are nice to say and hear, and, and I'm not saying we shouldn't say them, but they should be demonstrations, right? What is it when government allows a company to put something out like this for the horses? I'm just going to ask it on the horse level. You've got a dozen horses dead. There's a common theme with all of them. I think logically we can follow... There's probably a combination of things going on there. Shooting these horses full of God knows what. And then adding on top of that this electromagnetic frequency stuff. The government should be looking out for that and saying, if you're going to produce products, they can't be harmful to the public. And who knows how, you know, What's it's not just the horses, if they're all gathered like that, you don't think the jockeys are getting it too? You don't think they're they're picking up some of that? Just a thought. That's more that's just one of that's one of many things there. And yes, I, I spoke about the love a minute ago. Government can't have love. They 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 don't possess that. Or government doesn't, because government, in its understanding, is not an entity of me or you, necessarily. It's an institution. And so, one of the things that we see in the words of Christ from first, excuse me, the words of John in 1 John chapter 3, 
He talks about the individual. You'll never read about government being compassionate in the Scripture. It's not commanded. I mean, you just don't, you don't see it. Verse 17, he says, But whoso hath the world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Again, it's an issue of the individuals are learning, they should be learning to love and care for one another. And this is part, that is a part of discipleship. That is part of what it means to disciple somebody. It's to teach them, to show them how to do it. What did, what did the disciples come to Jesus? They said, teach us to pray. And he said, pray in this manner. And he led them in what people call the Lord's Prayer. It's the, it's the model prayer. Teach them to do that. But how does that translate into government? Well, good government would protect the people from evil doing and evil doers. What is it when somebody creates something that might be a great technology and very useful, but it also is very harmful to a lot of people? And I'm talking about physically harmful, where they don't have a choice in the matter of whether they're going to get hit with whatever, you, whatever creation you did and its effects. Well, that's a little heavy-handed, Tim. It, no, it's just saying, you guys come up with something that does what you say, but then it does this. That's all, that's all, that's all I'm getting at. And if government isn't doing that, then are they allowing evildoers to continue to do it? Because the guys who are producing these things that are being harmful, many of them are in cahoots with the guys who are attacking your liberties. They're the guys pushing the LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ stuff. They're the guys pushing the trans delusional stuff, the transhumanism stuff. This is the same companies producing these products doing that. And how have they done it? Our money, as intentionally or unintentionally, they produce things that are destroying our bodies. This leads me on to the CDC. I don't know what we're going to find out of that Kentucky Derby thing. I don't know if they're going to do something about that or not, but I, had, I really didn't see anything in the news. Of course, I don't, I don't watch the news per se, but I mean, I didn't see anything come across until the other day. I was going through something and it was just side, kind of a side thing. It was, a, it was an October story. So some of you may have been familiar with that. I, I wasn't familiar with it. And then I came across this the other day. Uh, this is a lady by the name of Christine Massey Foy, I think is how you pronounce her last name, F-O-I-S. Um, she had set up a substack, and she, what she had been doing is since April of 2023, so that's like almost what, eight months ago, she had been contacting the Center for Disease and Control and Prevention, along with the Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry, for all studies reports, I'm going to show you her email, you guys who are on the, uh, the video platforms, for all studies reports scientifically demonstrating contagion of any respiratory disease. You know, flu, AIDS, all that stuff. And you guys know, I already told you the story about where they get the term flu. Influenza. That flu is short for influenza, which means the influence of the stars. So, I forget what the thing was. 
sold. I forget what it was. Influence of the Stars. I think it was first used in the 1600s by the French. And guess what they were attributing the flu to? It's going to be a, a change in the, they didn't call it this at that time, but it's clearly what it is, a change in the electromagnetic field of the Earth due to solar flares or whatever. That's what they were attributing it to. Because there, there weren't pandemics. People didn't travel that fast from one part of the Earth to another to create such a thing. And yet people were having it in various spots. So this lady sent this over on, on April the 10th, 2023, under a Freedom of Information Act. And she made this request. Um, and she stated very clearly, scientific evidence is not opinions, speculation, review papers, or descriptive papers. So she's, she's making clear, I don't want this stuff. What I want is publicly available records that demonstrate so-called respiratory disease can be passed from one person to another. Can it be contagious? That's what she's asking for. So, per the law, the CDC has to respond within 20 days. So... On April the 13th, just three days later, CDC acknowledged the request, placed it in their complex processing queue. Then on the 18th, the CDC put the request, and I'll just show you this, put the request on hold pending my provision of further details. Details were affirmed that same day, she shows you. April the 20th, two days later, CDC asked for the search to be narrowed. The search was narrowed to respiratory illnesses said to be caused by coronavirus or influenza viruses with the time frame beginning in 1900. In July, so she did this in April, right? May, June, July. So she waits almost three months to the, uh, to the day. She followed up with them with no response. She waited five more days. She followed up with them, no response. July the 27th, no response. August the 15th, she asked again, how's it going? On the 16th, their special, what is it? CDC's government information specialist says, we're working on it. This is August. She put it in in April. Anyway. Um, October the 14th, six months after filing the request, follow up to CDC asking them to send whatever has been located thus far. I told them that if I don't receive records by 5 p.m. October 17th, I'll be publishing an article about their delayed response. November the 25th, seven and a half months since the request was filed. filed crickets. No update, no record, no scientific evidence of contagion. Hmm. And, and it's, a, it's a government agency. It's an unconstitutional one. But it's a government agency that's doing this. They're, they're completely ignored. And you know this has got to be a huge... You know this has got to be requested to them. they got to know the information. Coming through... Three years of this stuff? Actually, 
we're closing out four. We're going into a fifth year of this stuff. You figure it started in 2020. The shot started at the end of 2020, but the whole fiasco started into 2019, into 2020. But here she is trying to get... And some of you may recall that Judicial Watch, almost everything that they obtain... In fact, I don't think I've read one piece of documentation that that organization has gotten that they didn't have to go file a lawsuit to get it. They filed the FOIA request. They put them in. They, I think they had 90 days to get their act together. The government did and get them the stuff. And they couldn't do it. So they'd have to file a lawsuit and then they'd get the stuff. Now, why couldn't they just bypass the lawsuit and gotten the, gotten the documents they needed? If it was that easy... For the judge to say, all right, you stop what you're doing and get these guys the documents. And they get them. Why wouldn't they do that? See, this goes back to an issue of what I'm talking about, about the individual. Those who are in the public square who represent us, whether it is local or in the state or the federal government, they're trustees. You know that? That's what that means. That's what that that's what that means that they're doing. They're trustees of the people, of the things that we've given them authority over on our behalf, that they're supposed to do on our behalf. And that's why the restrictions of the Constitution do not apply to me and you. I spoke about that the other day when I was talking about the First Amendment and free speech. It doesn't apply to me to say, I'm not going to listen to you. It doesn't apply to me. It applies to Congress. So when these trustees go and they don't bring these people in check and you would think there's a huge conflict of interest of having people like Anthony Fauci in a position that he was in holding all these patents for different drugs. He's invested in all these different pharmaceuticals and pharmaceutical companies. You would think there's a conflict of interest in that, wouldn't you? I would. Yeah. Yeah. And there was. And there was corruption that came out of that. And there's a lot of people who have died because of what Anthony Fauci did as the director of the NIH. A lot of people. And you can see, you can see how they're using it. The CDC does it too. But does the government rein that in? No, because the government, the people in the government... I hate using that term because we're supposed to be the government. At least that's what our Constitution says. We're supposed to be the government. The people who are supposed to be serving us, let's put it that way, our servants are supposed to be looking out for this kind of stuff, not encouraging it. We never gave them any authority to look after matters of our health, and yet we have an entire agency called Health and Human Services, of which the CDC is a part. Neither one of those are authorized in Article 1 of the Constitution. Neither one of them. Yet they're there. And again, it seems like these companies, what they're doing is they're looking out for themselves they're not looking out for the benefit of, the, of others, even their customers. 
And where should they learn that? I'm giving this as means of, hopefully, means of repentance. Maybe somebody out there will hear it, and God will grant you repentance. I, I mean that. Philippians chapter 2, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercy, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found as and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross what does that have to do with what you just said with the CDC well if you focus in on it it's saying they shouldn't be looking after their own things but they should be looking after the things that we've given them to look after. They should be looking after those that apply to others. And how does that go? The, the writer gives us here, doesn't he? Paul tells us, he says, he's, he's got the, the whole context there about real love when he talks about bowels and mercies, right? I know we don't hear it said like that but that's what it is and we're to have a love for one another so if again you're you're taking this to the individual why because governments are made up of individuals even our representatives are individuals and they're looking after their things but they're not looking after ours because into in order to look after their things they have to ignore the things that we have set for them as boundaries. You follow me? This is why, who was it the other day, I ran across this thing with um, uh, the chick up there from Brooklyn, or said she was from Brooklyn, um, Cortez. And how she was, you guys remember when she got in the office and she claimed she didn't know what a dispose-all was, and I don't know, just some goofy stuff. It was like she was five years old or something. And she said, oh, I'm struggling to pay for an apartment. And all this stuff, and now, allegedly, she's her bank account's showing she's a millionaire or something. I don't know. Looking after their own things. Not looking after the things of the people. And the people are suffering as a result of that. Isn't that what Scripture says? Absolutely it is. When the wicked are in rule, the people mourn, don't they? When the righteous rule, the people rejoice. Pretty simple. Pretty straightforward. But here it is. We have the CDC... They can't produce any studies, real, authentic, scientific studies, that demonstrate cold, flus, convids are contagious. They've had eight months. And they can't produce any. And now they, they've just stopped answering the lady. It, again, Christine, you're probably going to have to uh, take the freedom, uh, not the freedom, uh, judicial watch approach, and you're going to have to file a lawsuit. A Freedom of Information Act lawsuit to get the documents. 
if there are any. And that's the, that's the real that's the that's the deal there. How is this a proper government? Again, the CDC is just another example of why I say the guys who signed the Declaration of Independence are exactly right. This is that time. It is time for the people to abolish what exists in Washington, D.C. It's just time for the people to abolish it. To starve it. To cut it off. Why? Oh, Tim, if we get rid of that, then Russia and China... Trust in the Lord. Do justice. Do what's right. Quit worrying about what you're, what you're being told all the time about bad guys and boogeymen. Sure, there's bad guys all over the world. And sure, there's some that are more, you know, more powerful than others that can be a threat. But listen, do we believe that the Lord will honor our obedience to Him, or do we not? And that's kind of the question, isn't it? We often think with human understanding about things, and there's a, there's a proper place for understanding that, don't get me wrong. But we fail to bring in the fact that the true and living God is seeing everything that's taking place with us. I've often said, and you guys have heard me say this, that the greatest threat the United States is facing today is not communism. It's not socialism, Marxism, what else can we have? Islam, pedophiles, transgenders, transdelusionals, sodomites. It, that's not the greatest threat we face. The greatest threat we face is God himself. We have offended him with how our land has behaved. What, 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 is it, what has he done throughout history? What did he do to his own covenant people there in Israel? He utterly destroyed them, as he said in Deuteronomy 28. I will utterly destroy you. Did he do that? Yep, 70 AD. You can look up my kingdom series on some of that if you want, or Matthew 24. He's serious about that. If he did that with them, do you think he's going to deal with us any different? Well, Tim, we are in the new covenant. Now, we are in the new covenant. You're exactly right. And one of the things that we notice uh, in the New Covenant is the fact that there's better promises, right? And um, I, you know, one of the things that I think I made mention of it maybe yesterday was, uh, well, Hebrews 8, 6 tells us that there's better promises, but it's the first part of Hebrews where he talks about you know, under Moses and two or three witnesses, you know, there, there, wasn't, there wasn't this mercy that was shown to you. And he, he's saying, but now in the new covenant, what is it? The one, it it's, a, it's a worse punishment for those who trample underfoot the blood of the Son of God. And what did the Son of God die for? He died for law-breaking, law-breakers. That's what he died for. He didn't die for himself. Daniel 9 tells us he didn't lay down his life for himself, and he didn't lay down his life for himself when he laid it down. He said, no man takes it, I lay it down. What was he doing? He was laying it down for his people. Why? Because he loved them. 
This is the king doing this. Okay? See the application? King, government, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and it has been. It's not we're waiting for it to be. It has been. It's been on his shoulders. And he laid down his life for his people. If the king cares enough about his people that he'll lay down his life for them, why don't our slaves, our indentured servitude, servants, no matter where they are, why don't they lay down their lives for us doing what they're supposed to do? We're not asking them to die. We're just asking them to stay within the confines of the law and what we gave them as a task to do. That's it. Why can't they do that? Well, they can't do that because they're sinners. And sinners, if they are not kept in check, will eventually turn into little savages. I remember years ago, that was exactly what a preacher said. He was talking about, you know, a baby left to themselves without any discipline and correction and teaching and instruction. They'll be a little savage. Yeah. It's called a sinful nature, man. <laughs> Our dad, Adam, gave that to us. That's why we need to be redeemed from it. And the only place to find that redemption is in Christ. It's not in about what we do to try to redeem ourselves, as the phrase goes. But it's in Christ. I've read several little things here of recent. You know, people trying to push this idea that everybody's just buying into Islam. Maybe some people are. I don't know. Maybe some people are. Other people, you know, mocking the scriptures. This has always been the case. It's, it's not anything new. But I, I can remember, I can remember even as a teenager, I can remember a time where people just did, I mean, you were, you were seriously deranged to mock the scriptures. You just didn't see it anywhere. Or, or to mock Christianity or Christ or any of that. I'm just seeing it all over the place. Why is that? Because the people have departed wickedly from their God. And the evidence is, it's in a number of places, but in these two things right here. Just the fact that we entrust men to do certain tasks, and they simply will not do it, and they'll look after their own things rather than the things of the people they're supposed to serve. Therefore, they're not serving us, nor are they glorifying God in that service. Which means, the people must bring the justice part. And we've talked about that before. We've talked about impeachment. That's listed. It's the sole authority of the house. The house was supposed to be the voice of the people. We're going to get to this original First Amendment. We may do this tomorrow. The original First Amendment. We may do that. I need to write a note and get my stuff together for that. They're supposed to do that. They're supposed to be our voice. Why do we still have an illegitimate guy who can't put two sentences together? The sniffer-in-chief, why do we still have him in the White House? Because we've not, we've not done what we're supposed to do 
as the government. I think that's something, boy, it's kind of, that's so ingrained in my head. I'm saying government here, government there. We're supposed to be the government. We're supposed to be the law enforcers. We're supposed to be the ones doing it. We're just entrusting some guys to do a handful of things for us. So that's going to be an area I'm going to have to repent in my mind and get it straight there. So that we understand properly what we're supposed to be doing. You know, if they would do what they said they would do, and if we would do what we're supposed to do, we could bring things back to where they need to be. If we would obey God in that. But concerning, say, the CDC, or this issue with the EMFs and all the other stuff, why has this not been dealt with? It's too much money. There's a lot of money. The Bible says, Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in thy power of thy hand to do it. That's verse 27 of Proverbs chapter 3. We've been given something that uh, other lands haven't been given. At least in the writing, we've got to enforce it, but it's in the writing. That we are the government. And we have only one king, and that's Jesus Christ. And that government sits upon his shoulders. And he hasn't changed his laws. He hasn't changed them. They're still there. And he hasn't changed his statutes. They're still there. And he hasn't changed his judgments. They're still there. And when the people learn that, they'll bring forth justice when they learn it. Now, we may have to learn it the hard way because we got hard heads. But we'll learn it. I just pray that it's going to come sooner than later. But I'm not naive either. And I pray God grant us all repentance, real repentance, that sets us in this mindset of what we're to be out here. And then to call on those who say they serve us to remember the oath that they gave to serve us and not themselves. Because as long as they're going to serve themselves, it's going to be, it's going to be hindering our liberty and enriching them and in the process, what are we doing? We're seeing our friends, our loved ones, injured and dead. we got to do something, folks. Bradley, be with you at 3. See you in the morning, Lord willing, 6 a.m. Adios.